Welcome to Out on a Limb, where traditional finance and the new digital economy converge with a sense of history. My name is Tim Enneking, and this is episode 33. Today is April 26th, uh, 2023, and the time is roughly 3.30. Today we're going to talk about three topics. It'll be a relatively short podcast for, for the reason that that everybody is just waiting for uh, next Wednesday, May 3rd, for the next FOMC committee meeting. But that's topic number two. Let's go to topic number one, which is U.S. government shutdown or default. Now, what's interesting, what's, what's been happening is that technically the U.S. government ran out of money about from a general budget, general fund, about four months ago. But Janet Yellen, as has usually been the case in situations like this, has been able to uh, beg, borrow, and steal, generally borrow, from other government funds, everything from Social Security to, to Medicare, wherever there happens to be some money floating around, borrow from those pending uh, the debt ceiling being raised so more money uh, can be allocated back into the general fund. And that doesn't cause any problems, though. The money is repaid. There's no... Uh, there's no hidden scandal there or anything, but there is a problem in the meantime because even those extra budgetary sources of funds are going to dry up. The best prediction, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, was really sometime in the summer. It looks more and more like it's going to be late June, but nobody really knows for sure because the the pace of payments is something that it, it can't be predicted to the last dollar well in advance. So somewhere in that time frame, June, July time frame. And as I've said uh, in the prediction I made in week 31, so a couple of weeks ago, is that the U.S. government will shut down. That is by no means a foregone conclusion. But what I'm assuming or what I'm really saying when I, I say that's going to happen is that the Republicans are in the House and the House controls is the originator of budget bills, finance bills under the U.S. Constitution, that the House is not going to agree and agree with the Democrats and just allow or push through a debt ceiling increase. And right now, an increase of $1.5 trillion is being discussed, which probably would get, would kick the can down the road, you know, another 18 months maximum. It's really, it's really a bit ridiculous. The United States is the only OECD country in the world that has a debt ceiling and almost no other countries developed or developing have this sort of debt ceiling concept. And it's really a bit frustrating because Congress votes on spending bills once and that money should be spent based on tax revenue to the extent it's not covered by tax revenue, you issue debt. Uh, And that's how most of the rest of the world works. It ends there. But the United States has this debt limit. So on top of that, Congress has to vote to increase the debt limit. And that automatically, of course, gives whatever party is out of power uh, another chance, another bite at the apple, if you will, to vote to approve uh, the same programs that have already been approved by a majority of Congress. And sometimes this will give uh, a party who is out of power for a while and it's now in power, it will give them a chance to attack programs that the prior majority of which they were not a part passed. And so it's... it's, uh, Again, it's a second bite at the apple that virtually no other country in the world allows. So what happens is you have this game of chicken now because the Republicans only control uh, the House, but they do control it. And that means that 
they can effectively veto a, an increase in the debt. And of course, they don't really want to shut down the U.S. government. And the idea is, let's grandstand, let's make our point, let's draw attention to this, let's try to blame the other party, blame the other guys, and push things to the point where the government has to shut down. And as it happened in, I believe it was uh, January 2018, where there was the, the longest government shutdown in history, I think it was 35 days. And uh, I don't know that we'll beat that this summer because the, Demo- uh, the Republicans don't have that uh, quite a strong position with only four people changing votes in the House. Um, their, their whole attempt to block collapses. But I think we will see a shutdown. And will happen approximately in June. Now, the shutdown doesn't mean that everything shuts down. There are two exceptions to it. One is security, so uh, police, um, military, et cetera, they will continue, uh, continue being funded uh, in, in an extraordinary manner. And then sometimes this is true, sometimes it's not. Pieces of the government that actually make money can keep running. This was made clear to me very personally in, in January, and it was January, I believe it was 2018, when, when my wife was uh, sworn in as a U.S. citizen, I thought, oh, my God, the government is shut down. So she's not going to make the January swearing in. It's going to be the February swearing in or maybe even later because, you know, February, March, April are going to be huge because they had to cancel January. So I'm all worried about this. And then so I started digging around and then I discovered in my pleasant surprise, it wasn't shut down. There was no cancellation of the January swearing in because that whole system pays for itself through the fees that people pay for uh, applying for green cards, applying for citizenship, citizenship, et cetera, et cetera. So it went forward as scheduled, and so did about 35% of the federal government because there are enough aspects of the federal government that do charge fees for service that they continue running during a limited shutdown. The, the other option is a total shutdown, and that's actually been followed more frequently than a, a limited one. But nevertheless, you have you have some degree of shutdown that, that my prediction is going out on a limb, will take place in June or July. That is the fiat piece of it. The crypto piece is very, very interesting because as more and more attention is being paid to uh, the debt ceiling, and that's something that got a little bit of attention starting in December when the debt ceiling was actually hit, but without extraordinary borrowing, slowly more and more attention has been paid to the debt ceiling issue. And in the last week, for some reason, at some point in time, people start paying attention to these things. We're only two months away now. Um, the, the world is paying more attention. Fiat Press, more specifically, is paying more attention to uh, a possible government shutdown. Simultaneously, uh, Bitcoin, after falling back a little bit below 30,000, is now starting to march up. And today was a fascinating day in, uh, in crypto and Bitcoin in specifically because Bitcoin marched all the way above 30,000 because today people started paying a lot more attention to the debt ceiling. No real particular reason for it. Part of it's related to FRB, you know, First, First Republic Bank, which uh, is still is sort of the last uh, bringing up the caboose of the train of failing or failed regional banks. Its, its stock fell 50% yesterday, another 30% today. So it's from 120 two months ago to six 
right now. Actually, under six right now. So a real, uh, a real difficult situation. But that is forcing, or not so much forcing, but compelling folks to think about, okay, government bailouts. Well, the government has to have money to bail out in order for the government to have money, particularly if it's debt financing and has to borrow money. It can't borrow money unless you have, unless you raise the debt ceiling. So there's this domino effect of issues that are floating around now, credit issues in commercial lending uh, and a bunch of other aspects, none of which in and of themselves are an absolutely major event or much less a black swan event, but the debt ceiling, if it's not raised, would be. So you have more and more people paying attention to that. And now, since as we've discussed before, the correlation has broken down uh, largely between fiat equities and uh, Bitcoin slash crypto, you see crypto moving up as threats to the, to the fiat monetary system, at least in the U.S., increase. And of course, if the U.S. defaulted, it would not be just focused on the United States. It would, or the issues would be focused on the United States. The U.S. dollar is the world's reserve currency and uh, I recently did some research and discovered that about 88% of all uh, uh, commodities contracts are denominated in U.S. dollars, which is literally tens of trillions of dollars a day. The, the FX market alone is $5 trillion a day, and roughly half of the transactions on the FX market are into or out of the U.S. dollar. So what you're seeing is Bitcoin in particular and crypto to some degree, going back to its heritage, where BTC after the 2008-2009 crisis was posited as an alternative to fiat currencies because uh, it is limited for several reasons, but mainly because it's limited in supply and it's deinflationary versus, versus inflationary. So assuming we have this game of chicken, uh, ridiculous, totally ridiculous game of chicken going on in the U.S. Congress, and the government shuts down, I suspect that will be extremely positive for BTC. And you're already seeing some of it uh, today, immediately. Then uh, we get to our second point, which is the Fed. Now, I've said all along, I haven't changed at all, 25 bips next, next week. The world, as I've been beating on other people who talk about such things, have been shifting around all over the place. I maintain very consistent 25 bips. I still maintain that. Next Wednesday, we should find out. And that's not really the question anymore because that's emerged now as the consensus. The question is really, what is the language going to say? Now, here the Fed is in a really tough place because even if the Fed believes, okay, next Wednesday, last increase. We're going to hold it up here for three, six, nine months, whatever. And then when that period is passed, we're going to reduce rates. If the Fed believes that, and every Fed governor, every Fed president believes that, the last thing they can do is say it. Because the moment they say it, everyone is going to start front-running interest rates dropping. It's going to increase demand. It's going to increase the, the pace of the economy. And it's going to increase inflation. So the Fed has to walk this narrow line of saying, of raising the rates by 25 basis points. It will never say we're not going not gonna to increase rates anymore. A Fed is not going to back any central bank or no central bank is going to back itself into a corner like that. But it can't even strongly hint that this is the last uh, increase because it will then paradoxically reduce the odds of this increase actually being the last one. 
So I think it's going to emphasize data dependency and a bunch of other things, but it is clearly not going to uh, signal extremely strongly, much less categorically, that this is the last increase. And then the, the corresponding prediction to that is I think there will be there will not be decreases until Q1 2024. Interestingly, equities markets are pricing in a decrease in three to six months, which I think is crazy. Bond markets are pricing it in much later, and I'm uh, very much agree with that. Um, one of the interesting things that's happening, though, is tomorrow we're going to have the GDP numbers for Q1. And I don't think those are going to be outcome determinative, as the phrase goes, but I think that GP, that GDP data will influence the language of the increase next week. I don't think it's going to affect whether it's 25 bips or not. I think it definitely will be 25 bips. But still, the language, again, will be very important, and the GDP data may influence that language rather significantly. The third and last topic for today is the rest of what BTC did today because it marched up very smartly from uh, actually late two days ago. It hit its low just under uh, 27,000, 22 bucks under 27,000. And then it skyrocketed, uh, I submit, because of concerns about debt and other things to just over 30,000 and then dropped down. And if you're a TA guy, a technical analysis guy, it was forming a good pennant on 30-minute candles, and all of a sudden the bottom fell out. And it fell all the way, almost down to 20, back to 27, 27.2. And right now, as I'm doing this podcast, it's at 28.3. So it's recovered just under half the, the way. And, and in fact, it's exactly negated the huge move that was earlier today from what, again, I submit is the, is the uh, potential government shutdown in the U.S., the reason for this drop, and, and by the way, the entire crypto sector followed. Uh, crypto occasionally gets a little bit decorrelated within itself. That was certainly not the case today. Everything was moving in lockstep with BDC, BTC. And that's because some Mt. Gox tokens were moved. Uh, a, fair, a fairly large number. I haven't seen the specific data yet. This is sort of like hot news. Now, what are Mt. Gox tokens? Mt. Gox stands for Magic the... Exchange. It was a trading card uh, operation in Japan, electronic trading card trading platform, and it uh, was became the first. They adopt decided to have Bitcoin trade on it. It became the first major Bitcoin exchange at one point in time. Over eighty percent of Bitcoin trading was on on Mt. Gox. Unfortunately, their security wasn't very good, and for years they had been losing. Uh, someone had been stealing Bitcoin from them. Over 100,000 Bitcoin. At the time, it was worth tens of millions of dollars. Now, those Bitcoin are worth billions of dollars. And some of them moved. Now, there's been a, a uh, trial going on, uh, uh, numerous trials, numerous legal proceedings in Japan for almost 10 years. Uh, Japan is notorious for the slow pace of its uh, judicial system. Still going on. And sometime fairly soon, however, after 10 years, uh, a number of those tokens should be returned to their owners. And some of those tokens, which are controlled by the U.S. government through various hands, uh, moved yesterday. Now, first of all, the vast majority of people who own those Mt. Gox tokens have sold their interest in those tokens to a number of companies that have been buying them up for that same 10-year period. And they're buying them, obviously, at a discount. People saying, okay, look, I'd rather have my money today 
then maybe have my Bitcoin in the future. So there's a concern that, oh, once they're released, there'll be a huge drop in, uh, in BTC prices as everyone sells them. Um, now, it's true there will probably be a drop, uh, but that's more psychologically than any, psychological than anything. Uh, the folks who bought up all those, the Bitcoin interests, they're not stupid. They're not all going to dump their BTC on the, on the same day or immediately after they receive them. That fear will cause the price to drop, but the fact won't be nearly that bad. Uh, those companies are fairly sophisticated by definition. They have fairly long time horizons, investment horizons, again, by definition. So they'll receive those Bitcoin, and yes, they may sell them over time, but they will trickle them out because the last thing they want to do is put the market, push the market price of Bitcoin down, uh, literally in this case, or almost literally, you know, cutting, you know, killing the goose that lays the golden eggs. They spent years waiting for these Bitcoin. They spent money. They purchased the interest in those claims, you know, up to 10 years ago. The last thing they're going to do is not wait another couple months and sell them off. And they'll be and knowing they'll make 10, 20, 30, 50 percent more. Some may wait for an extended period of time, hoping to catch the next uh, the next bull market. So with that, there we have uh, the three topics for today. Everyone is waiting for May 3rd, and next week we'll do our, uh, the podcast, the crucial podcast, probably just prior to uh, the Fed releasing its statement, although we may decide because of its importance to wait just half a day and do it then. Thank you very much.